0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. for prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marlo Diane, ForbiddenDragon.blogspot.com. Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery chapter twenty one a new departure in flavorings dear me there is nothing but meetings and partings in this world as mrs lynde says remarked Anne plaintively putting her slate and books down on the kitchen table on the last day of June and wiping her red eyes with a very damp handkerchief wasn't it fortunate marilla that i took an extra handkerchief to school today i had a presentiment that it would be needed i never thought you were so fond of mr phillips that you'd require two handkerchiefs to dry your tears just cause he was going away said marilla i don't think i was crying because i was really so very fond of him reflected anne "'I just cried because all the others did. "'It was Ruby Gillis started it. "'Ruby Gillis had always declared that she hated Mr. Phillips, "'but as just as soon as he got up to make his farewell speech she burst into tears. "'Then all the other girls began to cry. "'One after the other. "'I tried to hold out, Marilla. "'I tried to remember the time Mr. Phillips made me sit with Gill.' "'with a boy, and the time he spelled my name without a knee on the blackboard, "'and how he said I was the worst dunce he ever saw at geometry, "'and laughed at my spelling, and all the times he'd been so horrid and sarcastic, "'but somehow I couldn't, Marilla, and I just had to cry too. "'Jane Williams has been talking for a month about how glad she'd be "'when Mr. Phillips went away, and she declared she'd never shed a tear "'while she was worse than any of us, and had to borrow a handkerchief from her brother. "'Of course the boys didn't cry, because she hadn't brought one of her own, "'not expecting to need it. "'Oh, Marilla, it was heart-rending.' Mr. Phillips made such a beautiful farewell speech, beginning the time has come for us to part. It was very affecting, and he had tears in his eyes, too, Marilla. Oh, I felt dreadfully sorry and remorseful for all the times I'd talked in school and drawed pictures of him on my slate and made fun of him and Prissy. I can tell you I wished I'd been a model pupil like Minnie Andrews. She hadn't anything on her conscience.' The girls cried all the way home from school. Carrie Sloane kept saying every few minutes, "'The time has come for us to part, and that would start us off again "'whenever we were in any danger of cheering up. "'I do feel dreadfully sad, Marilla. "'But one can't quite feel in the depths of despair with two months' vacation before them, can they, Marilla? "'And besides, we met the new minister and his wife coming from the station.' "'For all I was feeling so bad about Mr. Phillips going away, "'I couldn't help taking a little interest in the new minister, could I? "'His wife is very pretty.' "'Not exactly wriggly lovely, of course. "'It wouldn't do, I suppose, for a minister to have a wriggly lovely wife, "'because she might set a bad example. "'Mrs. Lynde says the minister's wife over at Newbridge sets a very bad example because she dresses so fashionably. "'Our new minister's wife was dressed in blue muslin with lovely puff sleeves "'and a hatchet with roses. "'Jane Andrews said she thought puff sleeves were too worldly for a minister's wife, "'but I didn't make any such uncharitable remark, Marilla, "'because I know what is too long for puff sleeves. "'Besides, she's only been a minister's wife for a little while, "'so one should make allowances, shouldn't they?' They are going to bore with Mrs. Lynde until the manse is ready. If Marilla, in going down to Mrs. Lynde's that evening, was actuated by any motive save her avowed one of returning the quilting frames she had borrowed the preceding winter, it was an amiable weakness shared by most of the Avonlea people. Many a thing Mrs. Lynn had lent, sometimes never expecting to see it again, came home that night in charge of the borrowers thereof. A new minister, and moreover a minister with a wife, was a lawful object of curiosity in a quiet little country settlement where sensations were few and far between. Old Mr. Bentley, the minister woman had found lacking in imagination, had been pastor of Avonlea for eighteen years. He was a widower when he came, and a widower he remained— Despite the fact that gossip regularly married him to this, that, or the other one every year of his sojourn. In the preceding February he had resigned his charge and departed amid the regrets of his people, most of whom had the affection born of long intercourse for their good old minister, in spite of his shortcomings as an orator. Since then, the Avonlea church had enjoyed a variety of religious dissipation, In listening to the many and various candidates and supplies "'who came Sunday after Sunday to preach on trial. "'These stood or fell by the judgment of the fathers and mothers in Israel. "'But a certain small red-haired girl, "'who sat meekly in the corner of the old Cuthbert pew, "'also had her opinions about them, "'and discussed the same in full with Matthew.' "'Marilla always declining from principle to criticize ministers in any shape or form. "'I don't think Mr. Smith would have done, Matthew,' was Anne's final summing up. "'Mrs. Lindsays' delivery was so poor, but I think his worst fault was just like Mr. Bentley's. "'He had no imagination. "'And Mr. Terry had too much. "'He let it run away with him just as I did mine in the manner of the haunted wood.' "'Besides, Mrs. Lynde says his theology wasn't sound. "'Mr. Gresham was a very good man and a very religious man, "'but he told too many funny stories and made the people laugh in church. "'He was undignified. "'And you must have some dignity about a minister, mustn't you, Matthew? "'I thought Mr. Marshall was decidedly attractive, "'but Mrs. Lynde says he isn't married or even engaged "'because she made special inquiries about him, "'and she says it would never do to have a young unmarried minister in Avonlea, "'because he might marry in the congregation, and that would make trouble.' Mrs. Lynde is a very far-seeing woman, isn't she, Matthew? I am very glad they have called Mr. Allen. I like him because his sermon was interesting, and he prayed as if he meant it, and not just if he did it because he was in the habit of it. Mrs. Lynde says he isn't perfect, but she says she supposes we couldn't expect a perfect minister for $750 a year and anyway his theology is sound, because she questioned him thoroughly on all points of doctrine and she knows his wife's people and they are most respectable and the women are all good housekeepers mrs lynn says the sound doctrine in the man and the good housekeeping in the woman make an ideal combination for a minister's family the new minister and his wife were a young pleasant-faced couple still on their honeymoon and full of all good and beautiful enthusiasms for their chosen life work avonlea opened its heart to them from the start old and young liked the frank cheerful young man with his high ideals and the bright, gentle little lady who assumed the mistresship of the manse. With Mrs. Allen, Anne fell promptly and wholeheartedly in love. She had discovered another kindred spirit. "'Mrs. Allen is perfectly lovely,' she announced one Sunday afternoon. "'She's taken her class, and she's a splendid teacher. She said right away she didn't think it was fair for the teacher to ask all the questions.' "'And you know, Marilla, that is exactly what I've always thought. "'She said we could ask her any question we liked, and I asked ever so many. "'I'm good at asking questions, Marilla.' "'I believe you,' was Marilla's emphatic comment. "'Nobody else asked any except Ruby Gillis, "'and she asked if there was to be a Sunday-school picnic this summer.' I didn't think that was a very proper question to ask, because it hadn't any connection with the lesson. The lesson was about Daniel and the lion's den. But Mrs. Allen just smiled and said she thought there would be. Mrs. Allen has a lovely smile. She has such exquisite dimples in her cheeks. I wish I had dimples in my cheeks, Marilla. I'm not half so skinny as I was when I came here, but I have no dimples yet. If I had, perhaps I could influence people for good.' Mrs. Allen said we ought to try to influence other people for good. She talks so nice about everything. I never knew before that religion was such a cheerful thing. I always thought it was kind of melancholy. But Mrs. Allens isn't, and I'd like to be a Christian if I could be one like her. I wouldn't want to be one like Mr. Superintendent Bell. It's very naughty of you to speak so about Mr. Bell, said Marilla severely. Mr. Bell is a real good man. "'Oh, of course he's good,' agreed Anne. "'But he doesn't seem to get any comfort out of it. "'If I could be good, I'd dance and sing all day, because I was glad of it. "'I suppose Mrs. Allen is too old to dance and sing, "'and of course it wouldn't be dignified in a minister's wife. "'I can just feel she's glad she's a Christian, "'and that she'd be one, even if she could get to heaven without it.' "'I suppose he must have Mr. and Mrs. Allen up to tea some day soon.' said Marilla reflectively. They've been most everywhere but here. Let me see. Next Wednesday'd be a good time to have them, but don't say a word to Matthew about it, for if he knew they were coming, he'd find some excuse to be away that day. He would got so used to Mr. Bentley he didn't mind him, but he gonna find it hard to get acquainted with a new minister, and a new minister's wife will frighten him to death. I'll be as secret as the dead, assured Anne. "'But, oh, Marilla, will you let me make a cake for the occasion? "'I'd love to do something for Mrs. Allen, "'and you know I can make a pretty good cake by this time.' "'You can make a layer cake,' promised Marilla. "'Monday and Tuesday great preparations went on at Green Gables. "'Having the minister and his wife to tea was a serious and important undertaking, "'and Marilla was determined not to be eclipsed by any of the Avonlea housekeepers.' Anne was wild with excitement and delight. She talked it all over with Diana Tuesday night in the twilight as they sat on the big red stones by the dryad's bubble and made rainbows in the water with little twigs dipped in fir balsam. Everything is ready, Diana, except my cake, which I'm to make in the morning, and the baking-powder biscuits, which Marilla will make just before tea-time. I assure you, Diana, that Marilla and I have had a busy two days of it. It's such a responsibility having a minister's family to tea. I never went through such an experience before. You should just see our pantry. It's a sight to behold. We're going to have jellied chicken and cold tongue. We're to have two kinds of jelly, red and yellow and whipped cream and lemon pie and cherry pie and three kinds of cookies and fruit cake and Marilla's famous yellow plum